Blog Talk Radio. My show, Say What? When? Where was it? Why? The most important question that I have asked my whole life is why? My mother said I used to drive her crazy. She'd tell me something and I'd say, well, why? And she would just say, because I said so. She got so tired of it. But I've been curious about how things work and why things happen. And uh, tonight, uh, this morning, this uh, show is the last in a four-part series of It's Not What You Eat, It's What You Say. It is a somewhat revolutionary new diet weight management program. I'd rather call it weight management than diet. Uh, I don't like that word diet. It sounds restrictive. It sounds limiting. Weight management sounds much more like we have things under control and that we're happy uh, with what we're doing. And I told you that we were going to concentrate on you and get you ready to be all that you're supposed to be. Know why you're here. Know what you're to do and to do it in a happy, carefree, light-weighted spirit that is um, something you look forward to every single day. I look forward to every single day, the sun coming up and getting out of bed and and getting going on the 101 things I've got to do that day. And life is fun and exciting, and that's the purpose of Uh, my show, and it's the purpose for all of us, actually, here on Earth. And I've been over in Palm Springs for several days, and uh, while I was here, I uh, met a lady from Palm Springs, and in just a few minutes, I'm going to have her tell you her story about weight management. And her story begins with a change of her mind. And that's where all weight management is going to start. It's in your mind. It's not what you eat, but it's what you first think, what you first think about, and then what you will say, and that will eventually influence your weight. But before we get to her story, let's do a little bit of review. Last week, I talked about our belief systems. What do we believe about ourselves, like, do we really think we are worthy, or do we think we're just no good? And Because these beliefs are in our mind, they start in our heart, uh, our heart is supposed to be full of love, 
and then we love ourselves, we love God, then we love ourselves, and then we love others. But we discussed how our beliefs can come down to us from from our ancestors. They can come from contracts and agreements that we've made during this lifetime or maybe even before we came here, uh, from the core of our soul and from genetic history. And I gave you a way to try to test your belief systems to see if they're good for you or not. And for those of you who have not listened to part three of this series yet, I uh, suggest that you do that. And just as review, we'll go again on how to test a belief system. So you just take your right thumb and your right pointer finger and put them together to make a circle. And now take your left pointer finger and put it in the circle. Then you ask yourself a question like, is believing that I am important good for me? And then try to break the circle. Well, if you break the circle, the answer is no, that's not good for you. But if you can't break the circle, then the answer is yes. And I'm sure you'll get a yes answer on that because believing that you are important is good for you. <laughs> the most important thing that we can learn during our lifetime is to love ourselves and to love ourselves first before any other person. We begin by acknowledging that we are one with God, that we came from God, that we are part of God, and that we are perfect in our natural state. And then from this foundation, we can love ourselves. You know, it's hard to love yourself if, if you think you are a sinner or if you think you're, you know, lower class or, you know, I'm not very smart or, you know, I don't do good doing these things or I've always had a hard time doing this or... Um, and sometimes a lot of people think that if they don't have if they don't have a lot of money, then rich people are better than they are. Or a lot of people think that a pretty person is smarter than they are. It doesn't have anything to do with being smart or not smart, whether you're pretty or not. So people have all kinds of beliefs that limit themselves and make it so they can't be all that they can be. So did you go through all those things that your mother taught you and that your father taught you and, and test and see if those beliefs are still good for you? If you listened to part three, you heard me say that my mother had taught me that my father was evil and that I had that same evil in me and that I would have to fight it my whole life. So when I was younger, I felt very shy. I was shy, and I would not engage in friendships or in groups in my community because I didn't think I should. I thought, well, if I have evil in me, then I shouldn't try to be a part of that, or I wouldn't be a good friend to somebody, or they wouldn't want to be with me. So it's taken a lot of therapy to get that all out of me. You know, it never really was in me. But if you're being, if you're taught that it's in you, then you believe it's in you, and then it's, it's whatever you've been taught and whatever you believe, that's what's true for you, whether it's true or not. Well, it wasn't true for me, 
and I did get it all out, and now I, I know, I know that I am perfect in my natural state, so I feel free to express myself, and I can enter into friendships and relationships, and I feel like I have value that I can add to a relationship or to my community. So now when I test to see if believing that I am valuable is good for me, the I get a resounding yes. <laughs> so beginning with what you believe about yourself is the is the big key to weight management because you're going to need a belief system that says that you are valuable that you are important, that you are deserving of attention. And you will also need to believe that the perfect weight for you will manifest as you begin to think and say that you are attractive and now you are the perfect weight for you. (coughs) And as you believe you are perfect in your natural state, you will begin to create a system of weight management that is the effect of what you say. Now, I want to have you listen to this interview I did with a lady from Palm Springs. And first of all, when I first talked to her, I learned that she had been taught she was a valuable person by her parents from the very beginning. She is an identical twin, and her mother made sure that her girls had fine clothes They were taught etiquette and courtesies. They were given ballet lessons and baton lessons. And they performed together in baton competitions. And they won many, many prizes. And that gave them a great sense of of accomplishment. So Pat's sense of herself is very strong. And that strength, strength was evident in the decision that she made about her weight management. So let's hear her story. Hi, this is Marcy Ann, and I'm in Palm Springs, California. Uh took a couple days to come over here and bask in the sunshine. It's uh, around 70, 72 degrees. Uh, yesterday they had their first day of rain in like ten and a half months. <laughs> they have like seven days of rain a year and the rest are bright and sunny like it is today. And I have a normal population here in Palm Springs is like 40,000 a year. 40,000 people, but in the winter time, that it swells to around 200,000. So I have met um, a lady here named Pat, and we got to chatting, and um, uh, she was telling me her story of her, uh, how she's handled her weight, and I thought it might be interesting to um, just hear her story, and um in this of our last of the four-part series on um, weight loss for the January shows. And so um, thank you, Pat, for um, talking with me today, and welcome to my show. 
Thank you for having me, Marcianne. So, in your life, um, you're, uh, you reached a point in your life when you decided or where you recognized that you were beginning to have a weight problem. Was that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so tell me about this. What happened? Well, I began to get quite heavy. I was over 50, and I recognized that at my age I was having limitations on what I could do physically. Health-wise, I knew I needed to shed some weight, and it was a process that I had tried in the past but had fail, failed. But realizing now that I was more motivated, I decided to look at various programs that would help me lose weight. Okay, so first of all, your motivation was health. It's yes. like you thought you might begin to develop more health problems if you stayed heavy? I was having some difficulty walking. I developed a pinched nerve, mm. and it was difficult to get around without feeling exhausted. I lacked energy, and I didn't have the desire to be as active as I had been in the past. So that was a motivation for me to lose weight. I had attended Weight Watchers in the past, and it was a program that always worked for me. Mm -hmm. As you are accountable, you must get on a scale and show that you are willing. Yeah, in front of everybody. Well, actually, yes. it is pretty private when you do yes. it. But yes, but the program... You see it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in the past, the program worked temporarily, but I did not take it serious. This time I was motivated and I went to Weight Watchers and I learned their techniques which I had learned in the past but each year they improved the program and so I followed it and I gradually lost weight and I knew after having the knowledge from the program that I could continue doing this on my own. So you had a secondary motivation, you told me, though. What was your secondary motivation to start the weight loss program? At that time, my husband and I were planning to go on a vacation, uh -huh. and I wanted to look nice, presentable, and I felt by losing weight I'd be able to wear clothing that I could not wear in the past, or for myself, I love to wear new clothing. I could go out and buy new outfits. You're very stylish. I notice your outfit is very stylish today. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> yes, I enjoy fashion. I like to look nice. And so that was my secondary uh -huh. reason. So first, health. Health. And then secondly, look good. Yes. <laughs> okay, so in your beginning thought system then, because uh, I've been talking about how our thought systems, what we think is what we say, and then what we say is what happens. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was your, you put the weight on gradually then? Was it a gradual gain, little by little? Yes, it was a gradual gain, little by little. Yeah. So sometimes after 50, we uh, do you think there's a thought system that oh gosh I'm getting old now and we and we sort of slow down? Do you think there's a thought system attached to that? 
I believe there is, although I do not feel like you have to think that way. I think if you exactly <laughs> if you have issues with your weight, there are ways to accomplish weight loss. One way is the program that I went through, and that would also include, which I also included, exercise. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like because you're at a certain age that you have to feel like you're old. You're old, and it's something that you just have to accept. Exactly. Now, right. now I realize I am not going to look or have a figure that I did <laughs> when I was in college, but I also recognize that I could be attractive at this age. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So I was never motivated to look like I was at 21, but I was motivated to look better than I was looking at 4550. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the uh Weight Watcher program worked for you. How long did it take you to get the down did you go down to the weight they suggest that you go to? Almost. I lacked 5 pounds. Uh-huh. But I was at a level where I just did not feel that I needed to lose anymore. I was very comfortable. You were happy with how you looked. Exactly. Uh -huh. I was not motivated to become very thin or to lose a lot of weight. I was just motivated to look better, to be more healthy, to be able to get around. So I was very comfortable at the weight that I got down to. Okay. Now, um, People do these programs, and they get down to the weight, and then it's kind of like they go back to the way they used to think, and they go off the, you know, they don't really learn that they've actually learned a new lifestyle. Correct. They think, okay, I lost the weight, and then they go back to living the life they lived before, which is just going to put it all back on. <laughs> but you've maintained... Well, so now, what thought system did you develop then to maintain? Well, I will have to state that the weight was coming back on, and I recognized that, that I was not continuing with the program. They teach you portion control exercise, and I was getting unmotivated. As I looked back, I saw that I was not following the program. So as I started gradually gaining a few pounds, I knew I needed to get back on the program, start focusing on getting back to the weight that I initially had got down to when I was at the weight I wanted to be. So it's, it's hard to maintain your weight. I feel, especially if you enjoy food as I do, <laughs> and I enjoy traveling, I enjoy good food. And here we are at Cheeky's here in Palm Springs, the hot spot place to eat right now yes. in Palm Springs, and we have a 45-minute wait here to get this good food, but you're going to really go in and enjoy it, right? Exactly. And uh, not feel guilty. I mean, I think some people go ahead and eat, but then they every, with every bite they feel guilty, and you don't do that, do you? No, I don't. I think I'm very realistic. Again, I'm very comfortable with the white I am. 
I don't feel like I need to be at the ideal weight. And it's ideal for you. Right, it's ideal for me. I feel comfortable. My and you look very nice, very pretty today. Well, I can. Yes, it looks good. I can walk. I can do those things that you want to do. I want to stress that for me, it wasn't that I needed to get down to the ideal weight that Weight Watchers recommended uh-huh. or the weight that they recommend for my height. I am tall. Uh huh. I am too. And we do way more. Yes. And I feel very comfortable. I that. do too. And so my mindset is to feel comfortable at the weight I'm at. And I do feel comfortable. So if you find that you've gone up a few pounds, what do you do? I just cut back. I make my portion smaller. Mm-hmm. I leave food on the plate. <laughs> I don't indulge in my sweet tooth as much. I do enjoy that on occasion, but I don't indulge as I would in the past. Right. I watch. But you don't do a program of denial. No, yeah. it does not work for me. Uh-huh. If I was to do that, I would fall back uh-huh. off the diet and begin to gain the weight. But back. don't you think it more of as a lifestyle instead of a diet? Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I think, think that if you lifestyle. can start to think uh-huh. in terms of a lifestyle, yes, because then you don't feel like you're being punished or that you're not mm-hmm. having what you want. Mm-hmm. I don't like the word diet. I don't either. Because it makes it sound like you have to be very restricted. In and it sounds temporary, case. too, and then yes. that you can go back and do something mm-hmm. else. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you don't develop the lifestyle, then you're not going to ever have maintenance. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I do not feel like you have to exist on lettuce salads and <laughs> carrots and cucumbers. and Or feel guilty about that red velvet chocolate cake. <laughs> exactly, Marcia. <laughs> yes. Well, we're going to look forward to our uh, big uh, breakfast here at Cheeky's. It's supposed to be, and I told her that my name was Cheek and that I should have a discount, so we'll see whether that happens or not. <laughs> so thank you for uh, so much for sharing with me. You're I think welcome. this is going to be very helpful for our audience. Uh, after 50 years old, it's everybody's, uh, pretty much everybody has to, unless they were born with this other kind of a metabolism, you know, Correct. that they, those uh, real high metabolism people that are like being with a whirlwind, you know, they don't ever have a weight problem. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. My pleasure, Marcia. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope that was okay. So I guess by now you're getting this idea that being happy is about the most powerful thing you can do to activate a successful weight management program. Being happy with yourself and loving yourself and then being happy with the uh, program that you develop uh, to um, start a weight management system. You have to be happy about it. You can't be you know, thinking, oh, gosh, i got to do this, and pushing against it and resisting. Uh, happiness is light, very light. It doesn't have any heaviness to it. So uh, being happy and um, and you'll just stop eating all that stuff that you shouldn't eat because you want to feel better about yourself. Uh, you'll stop eating that stuff that's going to cause you to gain weight because you're 
because you celebrate something. You know, uh, a lot of people use food to celebrate uh, something, even just uh, being bored. So you'll stop eating stuff that's going to cause you to gain weight just because you're bored or you're sad or you feel sorry for yourself or you're all alone with nothing to do and no one to love you. And you'll stop eating stuff that makes you gain weight because you believe you're ugly or that you can't do anything. You know, I know a lady who is really beautiful, and she keeps about a 100 extra pounds on her body because she says she can't handle the attention she gets when she's at her perfect weight. She has a very voluptuous figure, you know, (laughs) boobs and hips and all that, those original ideas of what makes a woman desirable that has come down to us from the ancient times. And men actually are very attracted to this type of woman's figure. I mean, why why do you think so many women get boob jobs? And this woman is naturally endowed, and she is very beautiful in the face. But she just can't handle the attention she gets from the men when she's at her perfect weight because she's a married lady. And she's tempted to stray when she gets all that extra attention. So she keeps herself 100 pounds overweight. You know, there are thousands of other reasons that people are overweight. So this series of programs, I, I hope, has begun to help you begin to look at all of those subliminal programs that are running in you and see which ones are contributing to making you fat which ones are contributing to making you sad? Which ones are the ones con- that are uh, making you happy? <clears throat> and you can begin to unearth all the ideas that are not serving your highest and best good, and you can decide to re-record <laughs> some new programs of ideas of beauty and self-worth and desirability. And as you dig out all those old ideas... While you're doing that, you're going to uncover some gifts and talents that have been buried down under all of those uh, outdated beliefs that you have. And then as these unique gifts and talents uh, are exposed, you can begin to develop them. These are gifts and talents that only you have. And then you'll get so busy... (laughs) finding out about them and developing them and enjoying them, you just won't have any time left to dwell on the past or spend time having a pity party or just wasting time with friends who are also wasting time. And you can come out of your shell and let everybody see the new you. And this new you is going to manifest as perfect in your natural state. Your natural state is loving and being loved. And this is going to be expressed to begin with in this new loving service to yourself and then to your local community. Because this whole thing starts with you. Just let 2016 be the year that you are the quarterback of your team. And your team are those 250,000 programs that are working every day in your trillions of cells in your body. And your team also includes a vast cosmic hierarchy 
of celestial workers who are going to help you every step of the way. I'll be discussing more about these cosmic hierarchy of celestial workers uh, on my next series of programs that I'm going to do on prayer that works every time. And remember, prayer is speaking out your hopes and dreams because it's not what you eat. It's what you say that makes is making you fat and unhappy. You might want to listen to my next series of programs to learn how to say what you want which then activates the cosmic hierarchy that will begin to build a cosmic template for the manifestation of all of your hopes and your dreams. Because if you're listening to this program, one of these hopes and dreams of yours is to lose weight. And I lost my weight by speaking my truth. Prayer is speaking your truth, and that's how you can lose weight too. So this is Marcianne. Until next time.